Hey everyone, welcome to the Before It Was Cool podcast. Yes, it's Jay doing the intro, but don't worry everyone. Tom is here. Tom, say hi. Hello, I'm here. <laughs> that was actually our third take trying to do it. This is my first time introducing the podcast. And yeah, Tom didn't like the first one. I messed up on the second one, but the third time it was just right. So it all worked yeah. out well. You'll like Goldilocks in that representation. Oh, absolutely. Like, um, I'm more likely to sleep in a bear's bed, especially if intoxicated. And um, <laughs> I break chairs because I've gained weight. Um, yeah. So that all works out. But, um, okay, so Tom messaged me through the week saying, hey, do you want to do another one? Like, I'm like, yeah, sure. And he's like, what do you want to talk about? And um, if people listen to our earlier one where we did my introduction and talked about me, one of the things I said that Tom and I bonded over was wrestling. So I thought, oh, well, we may as well have the wrestling conversation right now. Yeah, sweaty men in their underwear. Yeah, exactly, exactly. The best kind of entertainment. Um, <laughs> but um, I looked over the webs, the over YouTube, and a lot of the wrestling content I had seen, I'd never seen a certain topic that I really enjoy. So I thought, oh, Tom, do you want to talk about that? And the topic is dysfunctional tag teams. So um, when I say dysfunctional tag teams, they're the tag teams that are pushed together through storyline and either hate each other or have something that makes them butt heads. And they're almost versing each other as well as versing whatever team they're against. Um, yeah. There's a lot of really good examples of that throughout history. So just the ones that I can think of off the top of my head. We'll go with the most recent being um, RK Bro. Later on in the episode, we're also going to talk about people's favorite wrestlers that we think are overrated and they don't like. Yeah, just ones we might not enjoy or we think are a bit overrated or may have been pushed to the top and we don't think deserved it. Yeah. Yeah. My um, number one might piss off a few people. Might, might A few people might agree with it, but yeah. The thing to remember is that they are our opinions. Um yeah. Everyone's got differing opinions, and the classic line, opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one, and everyone thinks everyone else's stinks and that their own smells like roses. Well, mine does. Yeah, exactly. Because um, roses which is, smell like shit. No, they smell like poo, ooh, ooh. Yeah, okay. roses really smell like poo. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, had to have a bit of an outcast throw to. So, um, yeah, well, Tom, uh, do you want to do the intro music? I'll throw it in now. So yeah, um, we'll be back after the music. Welcome. 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 Welcome to the Before It Was Cool podcast. And we are back. So first topic is dysfunctional tag team. So um, this has been something that's always been in my head, like just watching wrestling and stuff like that. And it recently kind of came back to the forefront just watching um, RK Bro, which is uh, Riddle and Randy Orton, who I'm finding, I'm finding the combination really, really entertaining. Like what do you, you think of that one, Tom? Well... But yeah, they're the only good thing on like are they on SmackDown? I think they're on SmackDown. Yeah, they're 
Yeah, they're on SmackDown because they were. Fe- oh no, they're on Raw because they were feuding with the New Day. Oh, okay, yeah. So the the one of only two good things on Raw. I was going to say one of only two good things on SmackDown, but there's only one good thing on SmackDown. But yeah. uh, okay, so we're going on our first tangent here. Um, what's the? Uh, why do you think only one good thing on SmackDown? Like, I'm enjoy the, like I'm enjoying Roman the Roman Reigns angle, and he's about the only good thing and anything involving him. So like the Edge and the Uso thing, mm-hmm. and name one other good thing. Uh Big E's getting a push and getting to play up to to. And performing pretty well. I suppose him, Pat McAfee, and uh, Baron Corbin are doing really well on SmackDown mm. at the moment. Um, so, yeah, Na- probably I might stand correct on that one. But Nakamura, getting hold- the, Mac- Nakamura finally getting recognized as the king of strong style. I think that's yeah, a good thing. that's pretty cool. But it would have been better if he won the king of the ring tournament. Yeah, give it instead time. Of, I think he should. Instead of just beating Baron Corbin for the title. And um, with the whole, like, um, Usos, Reigns, Edge thing, are you including Rollins in that? Because, like, I'm not minding Rollins there, like, just being the entitled little prick that he is. Yeah, but he hasn't really done much. Like, that Except- sticks out in my mind. Like, he's good. Don't get me wrong, he's good, but he hasn't really had anything to sink his teeth into for a while now. Other than making everyone sad when he beats Cesaro. Exactly. Like, but in that storyline, Cesaro was the standout for me, not Rollins. Oh, yeah. That's because of Cesaro. He's the standout more often than not. Like, yeah. I think the only time where he was in a ring where it was like both of them stood out is when he had the match a couple of months back with um Daniel Bryan. Yeah, true, true. And, mm. uh, Hopefully, by all the mentions of Daniel Bryan on SmackDown, uh, he's returning to the company. Kind of, hopefully. I hope that he's going back to New Japan. Just because um, I want to see him and Okada fuck shit up. Well, yeah, like the potential for other matchups that we haven't seen. Yeah, or him Bryan going that... to AEW to like, literally explode the ring in a proper way with Kenny Omega. Hmm. Like, those two would be able to absolutely tear it down. And to be honest, I'd actually think it'd be pretty entertaining watching him and Darby Allen go at it. Oh, fuck yes. Uh, pretty much him and anyone on that roster. Either one of the Young Bucks, uh, Eddie Kingston, fucking anyone on the AEW roster, he'll tear uh, the fucking hours down with. Even just him letting... And Moxley, and even though they, fought, they faced in WWE, in a non-WWE area, it would go that bit further and i think they could really just go to town yeah yeah it's uh, anyway first tangent yeah. over <laughs> <laughs> um there'll be more um so yeah the dysfunctional ta- tag teams we're talking um rk bro at the moment like that whole riddle just being so chill and randy being typically a loner that's actually done a lot of things with other people when you actually look at it yeah, and um riddle being from stable to stable yeah but then you've got Riddle being just chill, happy, and Randy being intense and angry, and they just play off each other so well. And like every time I'm watching something with the two of them, I'm all, I'm waiting for the Randy Orton break. Like there's been a couple of moments where you think he's just about to break character and just start laughing, but he's yeah. able to hold it down. Um, so yeah, that's one thing I'm actually really looking forward to seeing is one of them, well, Randy in particular, just break a little bit. Yeah. 
Yeah. Randy's Randy's when it comes to like breaking character and stuff, he's very good at it. Like uh when Edge returned last year just before crowds left, uh his promo with Edge, he like I thought he broke character, but it was all just a ploy to draw you into the angle. And I yeah. thought, holy fuck, how's this guy not moved to acting? Like if he can do that like and he well, like I don't feel anything when I watch wrestling anymore because I've seen literally like twenty plus years of the shit like every single week and they're just repeating after repeating after repeating after repeating. Mm-hmm. And uh to me, like I I don't get emotional out of it anymore. I did when I was younger. But like that whole Edge promo like pulled emotion and I even made my wife watch it. She's like, holy shit, this is good. And then mm. when Randy turned, I was like, oh, fuck. I didn't see that coming. Like, how did I not see that coming? It's Randy, <laughs> yeah, it's Randy Orton. Orton. Tell me someone who hasn't turned on. <laughs> yeah, true. But um, literally everyone. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's um the most recent example of the dysfunctional tag teams, but a couple of other ones that I've really enjoyed. Um, The early stages of the bar being um cesaro and sheamus were very very entertaining i thought that was uh, pretty entertaining the way that uh because cesaro in real life claudio castanelli or whatever his name is uh doesn't drink whereas sheamus in real life does quite a bit yeah the way that that we're trying to get him to drink at the bar with sheamus he was drinking a martini that was actually water yeah but um, that was when he was having the tearaway suit and going the James Bond element. Yeah. James Bond slash Jason Statham, like trying to combine the two. Yeah. The James Bond that looks jacked and geeky eyes with no acting talent and a bent nose. Sorry, uh, I don't like Jason Statham. You don't like Statham? Okay, fair enough. Like, <laughs> He's 50-50 for me. Like, It's usually when he's in something, it's the actual movie I'm enjoying, not him. Yeah, pretty much. He... He has this knack for picking movies with better scripts than his acting ability. Yeah. But um or He's also just, in the Fast and Furious series, so he can't expect much from him. I was gonna say scripts where the franchise just carries the uh weight of the movie, whether the script's good or bad. Hey, Jet hey, flying hey flying car, that's all I'm gonna say. I was gonna say, um, family carries the um <laughs> bloody um Fast and the Furious series. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing more powerful than it. God, I'm I'm really enjoying those memes. I'm this everywhere, but I'm still enjoying them. I'm a sick Same. man. I love the uh Thanos snap memes. Like uh, you just snapped everyone out of existence. Yes. You didn't snap Dom out of existence, so you snapped the family it's out family. of existence. Oh fuck. I think I prefer the um the one that's based off Twister. <laughs> it's like Dom's like you can't go into the Twister Dom it's suicide but it's not stronger than family <laughs> it's like <laughs> oh just, god just the deep faking of putting the Dom family moments into a heap of things is just it cracks me up anyway and there's once a again, second tangent yep 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 um, <laughs> if you're playing tangent bingo at home we've talked about memes and we've talked about um and we've just talked about person. Smackdown and Raw so um if you complete a full card, let us know. We might send you something. Nothing valuable, but we might send you something. Yeah. Um, 
Like, so yeah, literally, so, I've got to take crap later. You might get something cool in the mail. Hmm. <laughs> or you might actually get something awful. Who knows? But yeah. um, yeah. I'm actually, sure you know cool what? Down on the way. Comment on this wherever you're listening to it. Um, tell us how many tangents we had in the thing, and we'll we, the first one with the correct answer. We might send you something. I won't send you shit. I won't. Literally or figuratively? Literally. Okay, good. I think. You don't want to send literal <laughs> shit. Maybe. But yeah, um, <laughs> back to dysfunctional tag teams again. Um, yeah. I think probably the biggest one in the last oh, 10 years would be Team Hell No. Yeah, easily. Easily. They started off dysfunctional, ended up as the greatest thing on Raw in the, in the five years predecessing it. Yeah, and they were they were great. Like, I just... I think everyone loved it. Like the uh, when Kane does comedy, it's always very entertaining. I find. Yeah. Like and he, Daniel Glenn Jacobs Bryan is great that it. he can do comedy as well because up until then he had just been the serious grappler. Not just the serious, but also the um, he also played the arrogant chicken shit heel. As yeah, well. yeah, and he did that very well when he was world champ. Mm. Yeah, but um, then. Team Hellno comes along, and like when Kane's choke slamming Brian onto someone, and the anger management skits that they did, yeah, loved them. Like they were just so good, and just the back and forth, and then the eventual moving into the hug sort of thing, and getting that from Kane, and even Kane at one stage, um, I think they just won the titles or something had happened, and Kane comes up behind dumps the water on them and like, I'm going to Disneyland. Hearing that from Kane, who's a monster, <laughs> it cracked me up. But um, And considering he had just come back from the Embrace the Hate uh, storyline, where yeah. he, like, he came back as that monster with the new mask and everything. Uh, that was a little bit after because he, the thing that led to that was him, he was feuding with, I think it was Punk... Cena and Dolph Ziggler and because remember AJ Lee when she was the she was coming out crazy and she actually came out in the cane mask and threw him off and all that yeah so yeah it was okay. part of that and that so that led to the anger management sketches with those two and those two playing off each other and then it built building to team hell no so it was embrace they after it was before yeah yeah that's what I meant it was like when he, um he came off the embrace the hate to work with Daniel Bryan and Hell No. Yeah, about there, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and that was, like, that whole series of things. Like, And when Daniel Bryan wrestled and Kane came out for the save and they actually did the hug, like, a bit later and everyone thought it was a Team Hell No reunion yeah. and it went nowhere, I'll admit that that broke my heart a little bit. Like, yeah. I was really hoping. And it was just like, oh, okay. Oh. I guess we don't need it. Okay, like I was, I was like a disappointed kid. Yeah, it's uh funny to me because WWE have tried the dysfunctional tag teams to work for a long time. Like the biggest one is obviously the Rock and Sock connection. Yeah, Rock and Sock is the big one that comes to mind for me too. Because and the back and forth between Foley and The Rock was ah oh. phenomenal. Well, the um, this is your life. Yeah. Or the uh, uh, when The Rock got interrupted by uh, Mankind and goes, you shut your mouth, or whatever he said. 
Well, um, where mankind said that. Yeah, yeah. It was uh. Yeah, yeah. You, it was a um, bunch of things. No, it's, it doesn't matter. It was a. It was. A, it doesn't matter what you think. And then McFoley just cheers and just runs around the ring, just Foley, Foley, Foley. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. moment. And then there was the um glasses coming off. Yeah, yeah, on SmackDown. And that was true. never meant to make it air. Yeah, uh, thank you for that. It was just so simple, and it was it played to the characters so well. Vince it thought just, it was just slocky, uh, they fucked up kind of thing. And mm. Mick and Dwayne, or Dwayne the Dwayne Dwayneson, as people on the internet call him, uh, uh, they had to like campaign for it to get left in the SmackDown episode. And mm. then Vince was like, it's not going to work. And they're like, trust us, it will work. Next week, there were rock and soul connection signs fucking everywhere. Yeah. And yet, the Rock and Sock were just, they were so entertaining. And who were they feuding with? Like, when Mick came down to the ring, it's like, I brought a friend. And they're like, yeah, we know. It, was it, it wasn't DX. It was, I think it was um, Evolution. No, no, Evolution was like four years after that. No, I thought I remembered them feuding with Evolution. No, because when... Rock and Sock Connection ended in late 99, maybe early 2000. But then it came and back again evolution. for a little bit. Oh, yeah, you're talking about WrestleMania 20 time. I think it is, but yeah. It came back for one match. Yeah. yeah. And a couple of promos beforehand. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Oh, by a couple, you mean like one, because The Rock appeared the week before on Raw, and then at WrestleMania then disappeared. Yeah. Didn't appear until WrestleMania 27. <laughs> well, he's moved on with his life. <laughs> yeah, true. But, um, Although we could have had an incredible match at WrestleMania 21. The Rock campaign, very hard to Vince McMahon because he wanted to take on the Macho Man Randy Savage. That would and have been he, a very interesting like, match. I'll pay his fee. Even I'll pay Randy Savage's fee. I want the match. And mm. Vince McMahon was like, Randy will never step foot in this company ever again. Yeah. There was quite a few burn bridges there. I'm pretty sure he fucked uh Stephanie. To say the least. He's way out the door. Yeah. Um but hey, <laughs> Triple H did that and got promoted, so Yeah, he's like <laughs> Maybe that's not the actual the issue. One day. <laughs> but um, uh yeah. Tangent. Another, yeah. Well, no, we would. It was mostly linked to Foley and The Rock, so it is still semi-linked. Um, yeah, but then we went on to Randy or Randy Savage fucking Stephanie and yeah, Triple yeah. H fucking Stephanie. Mm, true, true. Tiny tangent. Um, we'll say then, it's half a tangent. Yeah, that'll do. That'll do. Um, <laughs> the next big, another big um dysfunctional tag team that was really big and especially big for. The Kane character was when he was tagging with X Park. Yeah, yeah, it was. See, I I have a tough time classifying that one as dysfunction. It was dysfunctional in the end, but to start off with, they were best friends. Hmm. But it was also dysfunctional in the way that they both had such different styles of like just being as characters, like one being. X Park and the other one being <laughs> Kane, who was like this constantly angry sort of character and getting the positivity out in him. 
Yeah, true. So true. like there was that dysfunctional element there when it was as a clash of personalities. Yeah. Yeah, I I get where you're coming from. Mm. I I do classify it as a dysfunctional tag team. I just have trouble putting up there if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's not like the um it's not like uh let's put it as a proto dysfunctional tag team. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but yeah, it doesn't match the dysfunction of the others and the straight disputing of the others. Yeah, exactly. And it why well, it ended messily but it didn't start messily like the others did. Like, uh, if you look at the bar, it started out of a best of seven series. The Rocket Man kind of started out of brutal matches and then uh, all that stuff. Uh, the Rock and Side Connection, I mean. Mm. Uh, Team Hell No started out of just those two hating each other, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, a bunch of others started that way, but that one kind of started because they realized they were friends from the get-go. And yeah. it was just different. The well, what I was gonna say before is like they've had so many successes with the dysfunctional tag teams. They've also put a bunch together that just did not work right from the start. Like John Cena and David Otunga. Well, yeah, that's because David Otunga isn't that good of a wrestler. Like he hadn't. The issue there is he didn't have anywhere near the amount of established character. Yeah. Like, what could you really say about David Otunga's character for the entire time he's been in WWE other than, oh, he's also a lawyer. And his um, wife won an Oscar. Yeah, like, there's or not... his ex-wife. Yeah, there's not exactly much to him as a character. And, like, is he still even with WWE? Uh, I don't know. I think so. I haven't seen him in ages. Yeah, neither have I. Like, I think last I time we saw him, he the... was playing a lawyer on screen as like yeah. David Tunga the lawyer, but not as the wrestler. I and don't yeah, watch he... the pre-show, so he might be on there. Mm. But I haven't seen him in ages. But yeah, it's... Let me just quickly Google it. The last time... Okay, as I'm doing this, do you want to throw out some other dysfunctional tag teams that you can well, think of? Like, there have obviously been the ones in the run to WrestleMania matches. Like, uh, WrestleMania 23, Shawn Michaels, John Cena were thrown together and they won the belts. They were fucking good, by the way. Anything with Shawn Michaels is going to be good. And John Cena is probably the most under-overrated wrestler of his generation, if you know what I mean. People think he's overrated, but he's not. He's actually really fucking good. That's the fact while the motherfucker has had two five-star matches. Yeah. Um, okay, people, so... Yeah, yeah, I do get where you're coming from, where he's... Like, so many people hated him. I think it's more they hated the booking of Cena and just yeah. pushing him straight to the top and keeping him there and, and people, at the expense of a lot of other ones that were loved. Like, he... He effectively buried Zack Ryder, who was oh, yeah. so damn popular. Um, yeah. Embrace the hate. Yeah. We're, we're circling back. Um, <laughs> like, just the Nexus angle. Like, that was a whole thing that he could have done so much better. And that one um, was him. Like, the the Zack Ryder was Vince McMahon, Chuck Nantanthi. You got over without my permission? Fuck you. Yeah. And whereas the Nexus was like, it would be better if I beat them all. 
Yeah, exactly. And it's like, uh, and I think both Jericho and someone else who was on Team WWE were pushing Edge. the other way. It was Jericho and Edge. They were pushing yeah. for the Nexus to win, like clean okay. sweep the whole team. Yeah, and um, yeah, that's not what was wasn't what was needed. And that's I think the issue that a lot of people had with Cena is that he was pushed down our throats, similar to um, face Hulkamania Hogan towards the end of Hulkamania, where it's just like, uh, it's Hogan again. Yeah, and, pretty yeah. much. It was, uh, the only two that didn't really happen to were The Rock and Steve Austin. Oh, well, even then with The Rock, like when he came back for the once-in-a-lifetime matches, people turned on him a little bit. Yeah, but the, oh, I mean in their original runs. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. Like and like speaking of Stone Cold, he's the only one to stay retired. Everybody else came back. Um Wait, wait, wait. Are you saying that Terry Funk hasn't stayed retired? No, but I <laughs> I uh don't feel comfortable dissing on Terry Funk at the moment. I'll say that he never stayed retired. I will be I will say it's sad what's happening to him medically yeah. um like i uh i sent tommy dreamer a message the other day and yeah he's not he's like he's fine he's not dying but he is going through some shit and you can just tell from the way he's talking and the way he's typing and the way he's replying he's sad like tommy mm. is yeah um anyway it's if he's listening, um, to the Funker, thoughts are with you. Um, anyway, sad I tangent. That's the first sad tangent of the um podcast. The today. entire podcast as well. Yeah, I've never gone on a sad tangent before. <laughs> but <laughs> oh, yeah, I uh, Jay got to say it, so I'm gonna say it. You're one of my favorites of all time. You're the most first star wrestler of all time, and. I'm very sad to hear that you're going through this and all the best. Mm. If you ever listen to this episode, which I doubt you will. I doubt most people in that realm will. But still, if you do. Uh, I don't know. You've got a couple of links in. It could spread. Yeah, true. True. I mean, I'm... your son's best friends with Mick Foley, for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is it? Three video calls now and a birthday video. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, dysfunctional tag teams. Um, your son and Tangent. Mick Foley, that could be a new one. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, speaking of old and young, you've got uh, Braun Strowman and Nicholas from WrestleMania a few years ago. Well, I don't think that really counts as a tag team considering well, they appeared chance. once. And yeah, like I do get where you're coming from. It's another one of the proto-dysfunctional ones. But, that um, were the champs. Yeah, but for how long, how many defenses did they have? None, and they were one night. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Nicholas goes down in the history book, so that's props to yeah. him. He's um, been a champion more times than I'll ever be. So. Exactly, exactly. Um, I thought of another um, dysfunctional tag team more that because they were on completely different wavelengths, and that was, um, once again, it's Kane, um, Kane and RVD. Yeah, yeah. Like um, like the one the moment that really comes to my mind is where Kane's talking about playing with Roadkill Skunk, 
and RVD's on a completely different tangent talking about a very different kind of skunk. Um, <laughs> and yeah, that it just cracks me up because it's like they're both so ignorant of the other because they're both from such different worlds. Yeah. And it creates some pretty amusing comedy moments. Another one with Kane is Kane and the Hurricane. Yeah. <laughs> like the Hurricane, oh, just this annoying little gnat. One of the most underrated and best characters of all time. But uh, just this annoying little person that will not go the fuck away. And Kane just eventually accepts the fact that he's stuck with him. Yeah. And played up to it really quite amusing. Um, yeah, it's like, and that's the thing like, and as I said, Glenn Jacobs is when it comes his comedy timing is fantastic <laughs> and his ability to play this really dark character, but also go comical within that is yeah. fantastic. Um, another thing talking about the, um, dysfunctional tag team and especially team hell no. Did you see the behind the skits that they did where I think what, the main skit where it has the both of them. Um, it's Daniel Bryan trying to be a rapper. <laughs> oh, fuck. I'm and trying to remember. Kane ends up beatboxing for him. Yeah, yeah. And just, oh, I, that set and like how, um, or B Dazzle's, um, rap is all talking about Kane's, um, glove and how it's never cleaned and how it just stinks. Yeah. <laughs> And by the end of it, it's just uh, getting every, and like Hornswoggle's in there, Kane is super smelly, and just playing up to that, and just, yeah. yeah. Um, that one uh, always made me laugh quite hard. I think that's why, like, when it comes to dysfunctional tag teams, or like random duos thrown together, they're always in the top two in the discussion. There's either Hell No or Rock and Sock. Mm. And hopefully, RK Bro doesn't get split up too soon. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully they put the. My fear is they're gonna push it to SummerSlam to do an angle there in front of a huge, huge crowd of like a hundred thousand people at Las Vegas Stadium. I can't remember the actual name of it, but I'm really hoping they push it to WrestleMania. Well, um, one of the main things I really want to see happen with that is have it so that Riddle actually turns on Orton. Yeah. Turns like, into the bad guy. Yeah, and... Orton's not a very good face. Like, he doesn't do that very well, but he can do the tweener. Oh, very much the tweener. Like, the Stone Cold style, come in, kick ass, leave sort of thing. Yeah. Um, like, keep his mouth shut, don't let him smile. Just come in, kick someone's ass, and then leave. Whereas... RKO out of nowhere, pump to the head, leave. Yeah, exactly. Whereas Riddle can talk. Like, it's usually he talks stone a lot. psycho battle <laughs> most of the time, but he can talk. Do you know who he <laughs> reminds me of when he talks? Steve-O from Jackass. Yes. I was trying to put my finger on it. Yes, that is like, perfect. Every time I've watched him, it's just like, I hear his voice. I think it's, I almost think it's Steve-O every time. Like, he's got the same tones. The amount of bros and dudes really is very similar. Even um, right at the start of his entrance, the bro. It sounds mm. like Steve. Yeah. Shit. I was I trying could... to figure out where I, what it sounds like, but yeah, you nailed it. Yeah. And um 
so yeah, like how I'd love to see um RK Bro go is so you see Orton doing his thing and still but he's slowly warming up to Riddle. And that's what he's doing now. He's warming up to him slowly. But he's kind of more taking him under his wing and it's like this is how you do it, this is how you win. And um I'd like to see him just opening up and becoming very protective, like still being distant to him, but being becoming very protective, like um like let's just say the Christian thing keeps going. Um, Christian ends up going back after Randy and starts attacking Riddle, but Edge is sorry. Edge starts attacking Riddle as a heel, and like goes for the concerto, and we see Randy actually run out and go for the save. But then when um Riddle finally gets up and starts thanking him, just berates him and just puts him down, just saying, "You cannot do this. Why are you doing this? Like you are useless and stuff like that." And that's what eventually causes the Riddle snap. Yeah. So it could almost set up for like a heel versus heel. It's like, I'm sick of you treating me this way. And it's like, but I'm only protecting you, you dumbass. And just bush. And both of them can go in the ring. Both are solid on the mic in their own regards. I think it could create a really good feud it of did. just intensity. And yeah, I I would love to see it. It it would be great. I would love to see like Riddle go full like you said, heel, but like even further than that, go full unhinged like Randy Orton at 09. Is that where he um kissed Stephanie and punted her and stuff like that? And punted all the McMahons oh. leading up to WrestleMania 25. Yeah. Just full unhinged, just wreck face leave, wreck face leave. Yeah, pretty much. Mm. But like, unlike Randy, uh, Riddle has the chops on the mic. Like, Randy's no slash on the microphone. Don't get me wrong. He could talk a promo around me any day of the week. However, Riddle is just that step above him, if you know what I mean. Riddle can do has a lot more range. Randy's good at pretty much one thing, and he does that really, 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 really well. Yeah. But, yeah, like, his, his intensity, angry, dark, evil, want to hurt you, bad man sort of promo is great. Yeah. Um, I, and Randy yeah. does do it incredibly well. It's the fact that next year will be his 20th anniversary of the main roster. Mm. And how many titles has he had? How many headlining performances has he had? He's, he's headlined he's, like four WrestleManias. He's won two Royal Rumbles. He's won, th- I think, 14 world titles. Yeah, he's how many legends has he taken out when he went full legend killer? Because there's been quite a few of them. It was so good. Yeah, he's um yeah. None of this of what we're saying is a diss to Randy Orton's abilities or anything like that. Just from what we've seen, when it comes to a promo, he does one style of promo really well and is very engaging. But after that, it's just like oh yeah, he's 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 like Steve Austin. He found. Found the character and just fucking stayed with it because it worked. Oh, uh, I don't know. The funny Steve Austin sort of ones where he's trying to be like McMahon's friend and the back and forth with Kurt Angle where he's doing that comedy sort of stuff. Yeah, but he was still stone cold, if you know what I mean. Like, he was still that he's there character. Singing, he's singing songs and playing guitar with Vince McMahon. That's not stone, the traditional stone cold. Not the traditional stone cold, but it was still as stone cold, if you know what I mean. Like... He wasn't the ringmaster doing that. Or oh, no, Steve no, Austin. but it was a very different character because, first of all, he was friends with McMahon. They're, yeah. that That's was, Stone Cold's was, greatest rival, like, even over The Rock, the even over shits. Triple H. 
It was the chicken shit style of Stone Cold. The heel. Mm. Which well, we weren't used to. Even then, there's some part of that that I really love. Like, I remember where he um he's avoiding Kurt Angle, and he's got a list, and he says, whoever's on the top of this list I will face in a match. Looks at it, sees that it's Kurt Angle, turns it over. Okay, Scotty Too Hotty, come on out for your match, sort of thing. Like, it was... <laughs> Yeah, oh, he was, he did it fairly well. Like I know he hates his heel run, but like, there's some to me, moments it was, that are absolute gold. It was one of the high spots of the entire invasion run was his heel run, mm. entire invasion angle. Yeah, which would have been better if so many superstars weren't either injured or wanted to uh, take pay cuts, which I do like. And this is another tangent, but I don't blame the likes of Gavin Nash, Hulk Hogan, Sting, Goldberg, uh, Ric Flair, fucking anyone, Scott Steiner, anyone on that roster for saying, I don't want to take a 60% pay cut. I'd rather sit on my ass at home and earn 60% more for doing absolutely well, nothing for a year. I think Sting out of all of them was a bit different because he just didn't want to go to wwe or wwf at the time but he, he was he talked about it he was considering it until he saw one promo on raw and it was the rock and booker t and the booker t cut this amazing promo on on uh the rock and the rock turned his head and he goes sorry who are you yeah and, and that was just booker a lot of it was vince mcmahon's ego it. just saying like yeah they lost, i got to make sure they know it. Yeah. And, and it felt like that was the same thing when it was the Triple H versus um, Sting match at WrestleMania. Yeah, that's pretty much all that was. Mm. Goldberg's but, run. Like, yeah, it was his first run. Now he's... Now he's the indestructible monster everyone just wants to go away. Dad, go home. Yeah, exactly. Dad, you're drunk. Stop tackling people. Dad, this and Arby's, go home. Stop yelling, sir, this and Arby's. Stop headbutting doors. <laughs> I still can't believe you did that. You headbutted the fucking locker and gave himself a gun. <laughs> mm. Oh, um, god damn. All that talk just then just reminded me of another dysfunctional tag team. Um, Gold yeah, Dust and Booker T. Oh, yeah, I was going to mention that before. That was so good. Mm. It With made Booker, me... Like being a much more serious character at the time and then Goldust being, well, Goldust and just... And then getting the electrocution and stuttering all the fucking time. That, ooh, ooh, ooh. It was so good. Mm. Uh, but, uh, Goldust yeah, is an underappreciated gem. Like, he was... That run made me a fan of Dustin Reynolds. Mm. Reynolds. Uh, or ain't Goldust for... WWE, but uh, his 90s run didn't give me that, uh, it didn't make me like him. The WCW run as the natural was okay, but it didn't give me that feeling. Uh, the he, if you mention this team on Twitter, he'll block you. If you mention Black Mass from TNA, he'll block you. <laughs> I'm not joking. If you say, I didn't like the Black Mass run. He'll block you. He fucking hates it. He just doesn't want to bring it up. It's a part of his no. life he doesn't want to talk about. 
He yeah, was, it's he gained like two hundred pounds. He got back on drugs and alcohol, and hmm. he just doesn't want to talk about it. No, I don't blame him. It's a probably a pretty dark time in his life, and that's all yeah. links to. Exactly, um, but uh yeah, that and his current AEW run, fucking hell. I haven't actually seen much of his AEW run, so I can't really comment on that. But um, the fact check that check out the match between him and Cody. Uh, I was about to say that's one that I did see, and it was awesome. Yeah, the bloodbath. That was fucking insane. Well, even his stuff in WWE before he left and helped out with AEW. Excuse me. It was really good stuff. Like he, there was the Golden Truth, where it was him and our Truth. Yeah. Oh, and I'd say that, that one's good. dysfunctional because they're two comical characters with their own agendas sort of thing. Like, yeah, not disagreeing, just chaotic. Um, and yeah, just, I love, well, I think Goldust was always a very underrated character. And then yeah. when he came, I'll admit, I got really happy when he came back to try and get Cody's job back from the authority. Yeah. Like when all that happened and even Dusty coming in and all that was great. The uh, AEW match, like this does feed into the Goldust stuff. The AEW match was to prove to Vincent Mann because during that run, Dustin, Dusty, and Cody were all pushing for a match at WrestleMania between the brothers. Mm. Vincent Mann famously believes that brothers don't fight, even though he's only had one match where it wasn't a good one. And that was the Hardys at WrestleMania 25. But we'll get into that later. Well, the brothers uh, don't fight. Didn't they have bro- didn't he have brothers fight most of the time between Kane and The Undertaker? Yeah, and the Hart brothers. And yeah, it always worked. But he still believes that philosophy. But uh, it, yeah, the AEW match was to prove to Vince that it would fucking work. And it did fucking work, and they were like, yeah. "We fucking told you." Yeah. Well, like, let me see. Let's like, admittedly, we've gone on a tangent again, but it's still fun. Um, <laughs> so, brothers fighting in WWE. There's been what Kane and the Undertaker, whilst not actual brothers, they are portrayed as brothers. Yeah, there um, was Edge and Christian, whilst same thing, not actual brothers, but at the time, they were being portrayed as brothers. Yeah. There's the Hardys who fought well against each other. Except um, for that WrestleMania match. That was yeah. pretty naff. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think other brothers. There's... Owen and Brett. Owen and Brett, of course. And, like... They had three matches and not one of them were bad. Mm. Um, there's... Could you... Did the Dudleys ever... Like, I know they're not actually brothers, but they are still the Dudleys and treated very similar as brothers. Did they ever have a match against each other? I think they did. They did in TNA, but I don't know if they did in WWE. Maybe Mm. in the early Ruthless Aggression era when they got split up. And I know they um, had fights with Spike as well, so... Yeah, yeah. Oh, they beat the shit out of Paul Spike. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The Usos I don't think have ever fought. No. But then again... In close... But it all depends how this bloodline is. It's so damn similar, it'd be goes. really hard to rip. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, like they're both so similar, it'd be hard to watch them fight and be like, okay, who are we commentating? Which one's which? Not as an issue to 
Jimmy and Jay, I believe they're both great performers. That's just, they are really hard to tell apart. Yeah, true. But like, you look at, uh, on the other side of the fence, Nick and Matt Jackson, the Young Bucks, on their being the elite channel on YouTube, they had a, uh, a pandemic match against each other in uh, one of their properties at uh, Rancho Cucamonga in California. And mm. they fought all over the place and it was so fucking good. Like, and it was cinematic styles for some of it. Some of it wasn't cinematic style, but it was so good. And they're so similar in their, the way they do things, but it was perfection. Mm. For that style. If you get a chance, it's episode, I think, 200 of BT. Okay. Um, no, fair enough. But even that's then, like, he's also had... a recommendation for you. That's for everyone. Oh, well, I'm still going to check it out, maybe, if I can be bothered. Um, <laughs> but then you also look like... He says brothers don't fight, but I'm pretty sure he believes that sisters fight. Like, how many Bella Twins fights have there been? Yeah, true. Like... And for ages there, it's funny to me because I always thought the better one out of the two was Brie Bella. And she was relegated to the, like, pretty much the slave role. See, I thought Nikki was the better wrestler of the two. It seemed like she actually worked on improving her style. Like, yeah. Um, and Brie, like, she tried her hardest, but she also botched a lot in comparison. True, but like when like, she who was it that she kicked and knocked out? Was it Mandy Rose or either way? I don't hold either of them very highly when it comes to oh, yeah, women's no, wrestlers, but... yeah, like neither of them on the level of Trish, I just saw Sasha Banks or Bailey or uh Ronda Rousey, even well, yeah, like they they were models hired at least like. They were models hired that learned how to wrestle and they tried, I'll give them that prop. They're not like the ones that. We're just there as pure eye candy. Yeah, true. Like the cat and stuff like that. <laughs> and even Do like Sable and... Another tangent off the tangent. <laughs> Do you watch Parts Unknown? No, I do not. Okay, Parts Unknown is an offshoot of Brussels Talk on YouTube. Uh, it's They do these things called Quizlemania every month or... Now they're every month, but uh, they're a game show type thing all about random wrestling facts and other stuff. But it's like, you guess which wrestler belongs to these nipples, for example, and they flash their nipples up on the screen. But yeah. uh, one of them is like, um, what's that game where you can't say the name of the thing that you're trying to describe, but you have to. Oh. Like you're not Boulder Dash. Um, I know the kind of thing where you have to explain something without saying its name. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, but they do it with all wrestlers' names. And one of them, it was a tag team Quizlemania. So there were two people in each team, and there were four teams taking on each other. <laughs> and mm. one of them had to describe the cat, and he goes, "Oh, um, the opposite of a dog." <laughs> and the dude's like, "I." don't know cow he's like how do you get a and the time went up and everybody's like it's a fucking cat how do yeah. you get a cow out of an opposite of a dog <laughs> you fucking idiot but then like 10 minutes later 
uh, one of the people cut in uh, during one of the breaks of the games. He goes, I've just been sent a message. The official cat Wikipedia has been changed to say that she's the opposite of a dog. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, one day uh, I want to go on the status where I can literally change Wikipedia. Uh, there's some things, like, I'd love, like, there's been multiple times where I've, where someone I've had a falling out with or I dislike, and I, I felt like being really petty and starting up their Wikipedia page and just putting random shit about them. <laughs> like, saying, saying, like, things, they actually were hatched from an egg that the mother found in um, the fridge. Actually, let go, it fell down under the chair, and the warmth from the chair eventually allowed them to hatch. Um, and just shit like that, just really <laughs> random just uh, stuff like that, just so they find it and everyone's just laughing at them. But um, I, I love some of the shit. Like, before she passed away, I read on Aretha Franklin's uh, Wikipedia. She was actually born a skinny white man named Herman. I think that isn't that a joke from someone else? I can't remember. No, but it was actually on her Wikipedia page. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like, there's so much. Oh, all those my little things. Oh, fuck. It's not there anymore, but it was, and I was like, yeah. "That's so good." Yeah, but anyway, just... tangent. <laughs> well, yeah. Um. So, if you were to rank your top three dysfunctional tag teams, who would they be? Oh shit! Number three is the hardest one because number two and number one are easy, but uh, number three would probably be. Actually, now that they've been brought up, it would be Booker and Goldust. Okay. Um, my number three would probably be RK Bro. Yeah. Um, I just find it so entertaining. I look at what the future's going to have. That This ranking could change if it goes badly. But um, <laughs> just Riddle just doing all of his shenanigans and trying his hardest to mess with Randy. And also just the Riddle trying to be Randy as well. Yeah. Like when he was standing backstage, like I'm Randy Orton, and like trying to actually do it all, and then like taking each other's finishes and stuff. Like they're number three for me at this point, and I think I can't wait to see how it grows. Yeah, it'd be good. It's uh, for me that's just a little bit too modern, as in we haven't seen where it can go. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, I like it. I will might change when I see where it finishes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so who's your number two? Uh, I just also want to throw out an honourable mention because we never mentioned them. Uh, Tajiri and William Regal. Oh, yes. Some of their backstage segments, whilst a little bit racist when you look back at them. Yeah, um, didn't age well, but they were good at the time. Yeah, very entertaining. Um, and And... I'm not going to give any props to anything involving Eugene because I don't like his character. Didn't then, don't now. Yeah, it's um, like great wrestler, um, Nick Dinsmore. Nick, Nick Dinsmore is a great wrestler. The Eugene character is fucking awful. Mm. Like, yes, it was brought in to make the heels look even more heelish. Yeah. But, yeah, it was just too mocking. Yeah, like and uh, both, considering both of us do have a lot of um passion for disability rights and all that, yeah, it was a um, it's not a good one for us to look at. Exactly, I don't know what you're on about. I'm fine. 
<laughs> I just said disability rights. I never said you've got anything. Oh, uh, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, my number two would be Team Hell No. They were just yep. so good. They bounced off each other so well. They didn't really do anything. They didn't misstep. And when they broke up, it wasn't like a uh, shitty handle of it either. Like, mm. You know what I mean? WWE didn't drop the ball at the end. Yeah. They um, let them run into the end zone. See, my number two is Rock and Sock. And I'm pretty sure our number ones are the other's number twos. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, because my number one is Rock and Sock. Yeah, and mine's Hell No. Yeah. Um, mainly because I wasn't watching super closely when um, Team Hell No, not Team Hell No, when Rock and Sock were really running. Like, I've only just watched stuff in, like, past the point. So, yeah, yeah just seeing that, like, looking back now, I really enjoy it. But whereas I was watching Team Hell No. Yeah. So that's why it's that little bit more special to me. But I understand See, why... You say yours is that and mine's that, and yeah. I am watching Raw like almost every week since the new generation, mm. like since the mid nineties, and then right through the Attitude Era, Ruthless Aggression Era, and PG Era, right up to the Reality Era that we're in. Yeah, and it's yeah, I I don't like it at the moment, but that hopefully will change in a couple of weeks. Hmm. Um. Just, I just had a thought. Why don't we like? Because everything I see wrestling at the moment, it's what was what's bad about wrestling. Why wrestling needs to change all the negatives. Just quote three things that you see in WWE that you see as positive. The bloodline storyline, like the Roman Reigns character, everything involving him and Paul Heyman and Edge, pretty much. Well, separately yeah. to the bloodline storyline, Edge. He's just fucking doing great things at the moment, like, going, he's, it's hard to explain, he's like, a, he's the good guy in the storyline, but he's more of a tweener, because he's doing heelish things by... He's being an anti-hero? Yeah, but Edge is one of those guys to me that is far superior as a heel. Like, he's good as a babyface, but he's far superior as a heel. He's the ultimate opportunist. Yeah, he's that the character where he's star. taking advantage of every situation. Yeah, that's that's Edge. You can't be Edge's the ultimate junior or the all rated R superstar if you're a babyface. You have to be PG. <laughs> I'm gonna but, be uh, the rated G super me. Um, <laughs> and like, uh, pretty much anything Big E or the New Day, the other members, the New Day touch, but. Like, that's an obvious answer, but I'm going to say Baron Corbin at the moment. He's one well, of the best is... things going. Yeah, I do like where that's going. Um, I am liking how they're keeping um, Bobby Lashley. Yeah, true. Um, I am starting to get... Side of things. Yeah, yeah, I am starting to get a bit cautious with how um, MVP's getting more physically involved. Yeah. Bobby Lashley shouldn't have that. He should just have, just be there kicking ass and MVP popping the bubbly. Like, MVP should be the Paul Heyman. Yeah, with a bit better physical abilities. Be, yeah. Pretty much. Mm. 
Um, if you had big three, what would they be? Positive things out of Raw and SmackDown. Yeah. Um. I'm You've big... already said Bobby Lashley. Yeah, Bobby Lashley's one. Um, Big E, I'm a major mark for Big E. Um, I just think he is incredibly entertaining and amazing. Like, physically, he's great. On the mic, he's hilarious. Like, did you see the things he had with, um, what's her name, Um, with Becky Lynch's mum, about being in love with Becky Lynch's mum? Yeah. Like, that, yeah. Was, that was hilarious. And just the way he played up to it all and all that. And the way really Becky, like, played into it as well like yeah. oh yeah that's cool and then the other one is um pat mcafee is it that's on yeah yeah he's he's added something so fresh and new to the um commentary booth um yeah. and just seems like he first of all knows his stuff which is a positive thing and is just having fun yeah like and that adds a lot to it in my opinion i agree I totally forgot about him. Mm. Like one of the backstage things where he gets over, he gets um overcome with the power of positivity. Yeah, and just playing up to that. Though um, one thing I think is absolutely hilarious is how um every match that he has, if um Corey Graves is on commentary, Big E will throw his jacket at him. <laughs> it just became this running gag, and it's still happening. As I said, I think I think Big E is just. I'm glad he's getting a push and he just needs more and more because he is so good. Yeah. Yeah. He. My theory is that they're either going to give the next Rumble to either Big E or Keith Lee. Depending on what he's like when to he who? returns. Keith Lee. Oh, Keith Lee. To be uh, cuddly, I don't know. Like, bear, teddy bear. I, yeah, I just, from what I've been reading and hearing, Vince does not like Keith Lee. He doesn't. He doesn't. I'm a, that's more of a hopeful thing. My my genuine theory is they're going to give it to Big E. And mm. they're going to give him a run on top. But well, I'm just hoping for Keith Lee. Because that dude is so talented. One of the ones oh, I'm Keith waiting... Keith just a freak. Because he, he just dropped the NXT North American title. Is uh, Bronson Reed... I yeah. cannot wait for him to get traded right on the main roster. Because, like, he's an Australian name, and his wrestling name in Australia was Jonah Rock. And mm. I knew Jonah Rock a little bit. I, I met him a couple of times and got a photo of me, him, and, like, two other wrestlers in the room, like, framed. And uh, just hoping they push him to the fucking moon and back. Yeah. It's good seeing people that you've met achieve the success that you want them to. Yeah. It is time to reveal the big news. The Before the Score podcast is now on Patreon. There are six tiers to choose from, ranging from $1 to $100. $1 gets you just to help. $3 gets you a shout-out in every episode, except for the episodes in the next tier. $10 gets you your choice. You choose the topic, and I record a solo episode dedicated to you with no ads or other Patreon shout-outs. $15 
Willis is produce it up. You get the opportunity to choose the week's topic and the co-host. The code should be attainable and knowledgeable on the subjects. 26 spots available. $50 gets you the VIP co-host position. Three spots available. $100 is make the Before It Was Cool podcast your own. You and a person of your choosing make an episode. You can even change the intro music and artwork and you can edit it or ask Tom to edit to your specifications. Go to patreon.com before IWC and you will get to our landing page. That's patreon.com before IWC. Please support us so that we can continue to provide you with quality content each and every week. And welcome back to the Before It Was Cool podcast. You're sitting here with Tom Roberts and Jay Later and... I got to count Tom here. Nope, I feel like I'm contributing more than just talking <laughs> shit. <laughs> you introduced the last two segments, or the intro uh, and the segment. I know, I know. I feel like I'm a real podcaster now. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, probably the most convoluted title of any segment that we've had. Uh, so far, so far. Come on, so we're far, get there. so far. Uh, wrestlers that we think are overrated, they're extremely popular in the general consciousness of the, of the wrestling fan base. Mm. I changed the title a little bit, but that's yeah, okay. that's pretty much it. So yeah. yeah. Um, there what's are the first one that you want to bring this category. My first one. Well, fuck it. I'm excited and I can't hold it back. My first one is probably the most controversial one. Or not controversial, depending on who you are. But uh, Bret Hart. Yeah, so Bret Hart's a big one for, like, so many people put him as, like, one of the goats, the greatest of all time. Yeah. Um, As an in-ring performer, what he did, he did well. But there wasn't that much to it. Like, I do see where you come from with it, like... Anyway, yeah, I'll let you explain your dislike, sorry. Um. It's really weird, this situation, because one of his matches is in my top five matches of all time. And that's Owen versus Brett at SummerSlam 94 inside the Steel Cage. Mm. And not Owen versus Brett at WrestleMania 10. I wasn't overly fussed on that, although I do admit it was a great match. I just wasn't overly fussed on it. I think he can't talk whatsoever and that was probably because the main protagonist he was going against was Shawn Michaels who could mm. talk he was thrown uh, in the deep end when it came to that it's like okay the main person you're versing is really really good on the mic here here's a <laughs> mic and you'll yeah. just sound underwhelming and like he was the leader of the High Foundation but compared to Owen and Brian Pillman he was probably just ahead of Davy Boy as far as speaking. And well, Davy Boy wasn't a slouch. And more so Davy Boy like might have been ahead of him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Owen was a great talker. Like he played so many different characters through his time. Yeah. And then Brian Pillman, the loose cannon gimmick, just oh, it's, oh, it's my favorite kind of gimmick. Really? Like that slightly insane character. And did that's you why see, I love uh, Moxley. Did you see Dark Side of the Ring? No, I haven't watched any of them yet, but... Um, oh, the Ryan Pillman episodes are so good. Yeah? Oh, so good. But, um, yeah. Yeah, okay, I'll definitely check that out when I 
have time and stuff like life gets in the way unfortunately yeah um but yeah i do i will i have been wanting to check them out just haven't got around to it i think they're on sbs at the moment like all three seasons okay i'll um i'll see if there's a way for me to watch them if not i'll find a way if as i said if i get around to it um yeah. <laughs> so yeah bret hart's a big one for you and i do get where you're coming from with a lot of it like um, he was, he did suffer from his timing. Yeah. And like, yeah, like being put aside Shawn Michaels, when it came to talking, he wasn't going to have much hope. And then moving to WCW and not being used to what he could have been. Yeah. Being kept away from Hogan was his big issue. Oh, that's because Hogan ruins everything. Yeah, pretty much. But, like, the stuff he did with Bill Goldberg in WCW, besides the kick, although I think that kick was one of the best kicks in professional wrestling because it took out the shittest wrestler in professional wrestling. But, I wouldn't uh, say he's the shittest wrestler. He's at least good in the ring and safe. I'll oh, give him he's those good, props. He's good in the ring, but, yeah. For me, professional wrestling takes uh, multiple factors. There is the good in the ring part. There's good on the mic part. There's good in the... Uh, on the backstage area part, all that stuff, he was a little bit too politicky and shit on the mic to be considered a good professional wrestler. Mm. He was um, a good in-room worker, but oh, he, wasn't, yeah. he wasn't a great professional wrestler. Mm. Yeah, he's... But that, uh, the angle with the steel plate and where the Goldbergs beat him, that was mwah, perfect storytelling. But it went fucking nowhere. And the uh, stuff he did with uh, Benoit in WCW was great. But that's about it. Yeah. And to be honest, like, I'm soured on anything by Benoit because of what he did. Like, I can respect the things that he did before he... Sorry. Before the tragedy. Yeah, before the tragedy. So I can respect the things he did before he did what he did. That makes see, I'm, sense. see, I'm one of those people, I see that and I'm just like, yep, I can't like him for what he did. It's the same reason why I'll generally refuse to listen to anything by R. Kelly or um, Gary Glitter or anyone who's been convicted of that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, just because True. it's like, no, nah, you're scum to me. What you say and what you do is just the same as that because admittedly, at least... Not trying to excuse what he did, but at least Benoit's brain was so damn fucked up. Yeah. Mm. Uh, what was it? A brain of a 93-year-old with the Alzheimer's? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it doesn't excuse what he did, but he set himself up for a lot of that as well. Like, he was getting concussions on concussions. He kept doing the diving headbutt when he knew he's, when he was obviously concussed and he knew that. Yeah, um, he was doing updated chair shots when he knew my brain can't handle this right now, but fuck yeah. it, it'll look good. But yeah, talking about all those people who've done really awful things and how that's soured them on me and make... So a wrestler that I really dislike, like really dislike, more because of the politicking and the personal sort of stuff and the fact that I actually find him quite boring in the ring is actually Hulk Hogan. Yeah, um, yeah, as far as like in ring stuff, he's not great. Like I've seen some pretty positive stuff when he was wrestling in Japan, where he actually did some yeah, wrestling. 
He um, he played but, the Hulk Hogan character in America in a in Japan. He played the Gaijin yeah. that they've never heard of. Yeah, um, the like his promo work was pretty good a lot of the time. Like intensity was always a good thing for him. Um, and the character he created with the NWO was a great character, but the politicking, the racist sort of crap that he's come out with, yeah, and just the his ego just ugh, just soured me on him. Like I see Hogan come on, and it's just like, ugh. like when Titus O'Neil was co-hosting with him, it's like, why don't you just like if he could have slipped in some just subtle jabs, it would have been perfect. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Titus it couldn't, if you know what I mean. Like, Vince would have fired him, like, backstage after the first, like, jab. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm not denying that's what would have happened. But, um, yeah, Hogan's a big one for me who was, who's incredibly popular. Like, he he would be on, when it comes to, like, he's one of, he's probably the biggest seller of all time, except for maybe Stone Cold and The Rock. Like, Stone Cold's by far the biggest seller of all time. He like I uh, sold Hogan and The Rock on merchandising mm. and Gates by like almost double. Yeah. And that was out yeah. there primes. And he outsold Cena as well. He's the highest yeah. selling professional wrestler of all time. Yeah. Um Anyway, so yeah, do you have another one uh, that's um So yeah, uh, I don't wanna Linger talking about Hogan too much because it's more attention than he deserves, in my opinion. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. It's, uh, like if we were talking 10 years ago, Hogan would be, uh, probably higher and more talked about, but it's not, so he's not, and the cunt's fucked. But, yeah. uh, my one, my, my favorite wrestler of all time and I've said this on the show before, and you probably can guess it, is Mick Foley. By Foley far, is God. Yeah, exactly. To me, he is a God. And by far the most popular... I've got um, signed Mr. Soccer. I've got three of them. One is framed in my room. One's framed in my daughter's room. And the other one, the the other other one, one... you wear on your penis, don't you? <laughs> no, it's my signed Mr. Soccer uh, condom. But uh, the other one is a hand-drawn one that is signed saying happy third birthday to my son. Yeah, And that's put away. But I've also got like eight Mick Foley figurines and two of them are signed. Uh, And they're in in the room right now that I'm in. Yeah. Uh, But for me, the counterpart to him in the Attitude Era, who I think is overrated, not for the same reason as Bret Hart, but for the exact opposite reason of Bret Hart, is The Rock. Great really? on the microphone, okay. fucking naff in the ring. Is that overall, or like, or just more recently, or? Fucking name one good actual match where the opponent didn't carry him. I'd say um the WrestleMania, of, which was um Stone Cold's final. The 19. Yeah, it was a good match. It was a good send-off. And it was the weakest of the three. And then the other two, Stone Cold carried him. Okay. Like, I'm going to I'm gonna disagree. Like, I actually quite like a lot of the Rock's in-ring stuff. Like, 
Don't get me wrong, On the Mark 5, fucking brilliant. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, amazing. There has the never been anyone better than him on the microphone, except for maybe uh, Cena. But, on the mic? Uh, I'd put yeah. heaps of people on the mic above Rock and Rock and um, Cena, because generally they both still played the same character. You, like, I love a bit of variance. Like, CM Punk on the mic played so many different characters over time, and it was That great. is true. That um, War 1000 uh, promo where he said, you're going to learn that you're boxing with God and your arms are just too short. Yeah, exactly. And The Rock was like, oh, fuck me. He killed me. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'd still, on the mic, um, Roddy Piper. Yeah. Um, we'll get to Outdated, but in his time, amazing. We'll get um, and Piper even on the mic, I'd put um, Over the Rock... Yeah. <laughs> um uh i never really dug flair's promos like he really? didn't do as much for me dusty Rhodes, um like still good don't get me wrong but i never they never jumped out of me dusty Rhodes was the working man like he knew how to speak to an audience and to get that audience on side and he... don't get me wrong the um was it hard times was what it was oh, called yeah that that's his yeah. most famous one but it's literally... a great promo he but, literally yeah. said the N-word in Atlanta in front of a majority black crowd and they cheered him. Mm. It's like one of only two people I've ever known that got away with it. Um, but yeah, like I think there's a lot of people who are better on the mic than The Rock. The Rock's amazing, don't get me wrong, but there was no variance to his character. Like whether he was heel or face, he was the same character pretty much. Yeah, he was the twiner. But... He could work off the cuff so well. That part I'll always give him props. I'll always like, give him props. You've got to remember back in the 90s and the early 2000s, their promos weren't scripted. Mm. They were told, you've got to say, you've got to hit this point, hit this point, hit this point, the rest Go is do up it. to you. Go do it. Now it's like, here's an eight-patch script. Memorize yeah. it. If you deviate off it, you're fired. Yeah. Um. Like, But then, like, I believe that, like, when Cena absolutely schooled him and just by saying, oh, I don't have to write my promo on my wrist. Nice tattoo, bro. That was just, oh. Yeah. That's what I mean by, like, Cena is so fucking good on that, mate. Like, if he got let to go loose on fucking everyone, he would destroy mm. anyone on the microphone. But, yeah, microphone. like. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so. So you're saying The Rock, that's that's a very bold move. Um, well, like I said, because I consider pro wrestling to be a few different factors, and in all but one, he lacks. Yeah. Uh, I get where you're coming from. I, I disagree with, his, with the comment about his in-ring sort of stuff, but... Um, like, don't get me wrong, the twice-in-a-lifetime... Matches were um, pretty lackluster just because he just got gassed so easy. Mind you, he got injured in the first one by tearing his ACL in his left knee in like 10 minutes into the match. And Mm. like five minutes into the second one, he tore his abdomen off the bone. Yeah, because he wasn't in ring shape. He was in movie look good shape. Exactly. Okay, so my next one for... A wrestler that is pretty well loved 
or at least enjoyed, but I don't like, is um, return Brock Lesnar. Like after he returned on Cena, and just I just find him so boring in the ring. Yeah. Well, like don't get me wrong, he's had moments outside of the ring that I love, like when he was being Mister Money in the Bank, and he was he had the beast, the Brock party and stuff like that. Yeah. Like I thought I've had moments where I thought he was really entertaining, but in the ring it was just like, uh, oh, it's an F five. Oh, it's the eighth German suplex. Oh, another suplex. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, okay. Oh, oh, he wins. Oh, that that that's um, two or three moves that aren't including punches or kicks. Oh, this this is um, uh, this is what we've got with the next big thing. Like, I'm gonna half agree with you. The uh. Uh, apart from uh, the Royal Rumble last year and the Money in the Bank a couple of years ago, uh, he was he's been pretty boring since the 2015 WrestleMania where Seth Rollins cashed in. He was great all through the Undertaker stuff and winning the streak. He was fucking Paul Heyman and him were great right up until the SummerSlam where he sent he did the first suplex city thing, which mm. was at the time shocking as fuck. Watching it now, it just looks like another Brock Lesnar match. But at yeah. the time, it hadn't been. He hadn't done it yet. Mm. So like, and John Cena had never been destroyed like that. Oh, absolutely. And, and then uh, the leading up to it, and it looked like he was going to do the same thing. To Roman Reigns at WrestleMania before the Rollins catch, and that was a really good fucking match. But uh, then after that, he just fell into the everybody wants to watch me do suplexes. Yeah, but so since when does he care what everyone else wants? Fuck. Sorry. I mean, sorry, everything Vince, that I've read about Vince, Brock Lesnar is that Vince he hates said, people. Yeah. Vince said that Brock, only people only want to see Brock do suplexes. No, I want no. to see him doing um, shooting star presses again. Yeah, exactly. Although he will never try that again. He oh, I know, himself. I know. Like, <laughs> but yeah, I I agree with you. In more recent years, like he's showing flair here and there, but like especially WrestleMania 32 against Ambrose, that was just yeah. There's so him. much potential there that I wanted to see, like Ambrose, because Ambrose is just this bloody pit bull that just doesn't give up, and just him just constantly trying and just. The fact that he was kind of staunched by Brock in trying to make something of it. Yeah, exactly. And he, he even said in interviews, when Brock doesn't want to work, he won't work. Mm. And like, I, sorry, the the Bull Goldberg Survivor Series match, where Brock was like, yeah, sure, I'll chew the pin in like 18 seconds. That was good. Because even though that, was Goldberg getting the win? It was it had to be fifty percent Brock, if you mm. know what I mean. Like, because there are two people in that ring. Uh the WrestleMania match training him and Goldberg didn't need the belt. I'm gonna say that now. Yeah, didn't need Kevin the belt. Owens the, should have still had it. Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho needed the fucking belt. They did not. Uh, Lesnar and Goldberg didn't need it, mm. but uh that was all right. The Money in the Bank stuff was fucking golden because he was just having fun for the first time in like four yeah. years. 
and then the Royal Rumble thing where not lead up to it, not the fallout from it, but the actual match was so fucking good. Oh god, I was that with again? Uh WrestleMania Royal Rumble, sorry, twenty twenty. Uh he entered number one mm. and the first thirteen entrants he just eliminated. Yeah. As soon as but, they got in the ring, he beat the Sharpman and threw him out. Was Royal like, oh, Rumble gonna... is a very different thing. Like it's not a, it's not a match in itself. Yeah, like, yeah. But like, that's I the mean, thing. There's a heap of acts who were not that crash hot that were great seeking them in the Royal Rumble. Like, um, I remember when um, what was it? Ricardo Rodriguez went in, yeah. and he was so damn entertaining in the Rumble. Like his stuff yeah. with um Santino Morella was just it was great, and. But that's because they were given a different sort of way to distribute skills, to not distribute, yeah. to show skills to the audience. Um, and I'll admit, like, I'll give props to Brock. Like, his selling for smaller guys and when he wrestles smaller guys is always a bit better. Like, his matches against AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan have both been have been very entertaining. Yeah. But oh, I think that's also of, because of the smaller guys doing it a lot of the time. Not always, though, because if you look at his match against Ricochet... Or Rey Mysterio, that were pretty crap. Mm. Well, yeah, it's Rey Mysterio versus him. There's just you look at it and you're just like, and Ricochet against him. It's like you can't. There's no way they could really look like a viable option threat to him. Like exactly. Don't get me wrong. I've got a lot of love for Rey Mysterio, and I love Ricochet's in-ring work. But yeah, Rey Mysterio could just go up to Brock and just. Like, Daniel Bryan is, like, not much bigger than Rey Mysterio, not much bigger than uh, Ricochet, same with AJ Styles, and that height disparity is still there, but uh, Daniel Bryan especially is a submission specialist and he can go in the ring, whereas, Mm. like, all Brock has to do is catch the high flyer and throw him, and the high flyer's fucked. Yeah, well, like, don't get me wrong, I love watching high-flying wrestling, but um, you look at Daniel Bryan as well, like he, you've seen him take on bigger threats and win. Yeah. Whereas Rey Mysterio's World Heavyweight Title reign, where he's getting pitted against, like I think it was Carly was one of them, and other big ones, and he was just stooged, and it's yeah. taken away the giant killer element that Rey had for a little while. Yeah, and uh, Ricochet has never really gone against a giant, and mm. yeah. outside of um Brock. Yeah, exactly. And, like, yeah, it didn't work with those two. But, yeah, I agree with you. Like, like I said about since about 2015, he has been shit. Yeah. Um, okay, so it's your turn to share one. <laughs> this one's going to probably piss you off, actually. Go. Uh, Roddy Piper. Oh, uh- as I said, I love Roddy Piper on the mic. In the ring, he was average. Like, average I didn't to good. like him on the fucking mic. Yeah, no? No. <sighs> I thought he was just... You could hear him babble at the time when you could hear him babble was popular, but two other dudes are doing it better than him. Mm. Um... And I just didn't like him. Plus that... That half blackface thing that he did at WrestleMania 8. Yeah. 
I do agree with that. That one is pretty damn toxic a moment. <laughs> but uh, I think the rib that came out of that is fucking great. So it was supposed to be this uh, paint that was easy to wash off. But then uh, I think it was Rick Rude thought, I'm going to be a play a joke and put ink, like proper black ink in the paint. Oh, God. So it stained his skin and he was half black for like a month. <laughs> oh, gross. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's why I didn't rub off funny. during the match. <laughs> he was like, what the fuck? <laughs> But still, <laughs> I know he passed away and I know he is one of the greats and he deserves his spot in the Hall of Fame and all that stuff, but mm. I never connected with him personally. Like, mm. That's all, like, all good. A lot of wrestling is you're supposed to connect with the character on some wavelength, mm. and I never did. Whether it was babyface, whether it was a heel, when he reappeared at WrestleMania 19 to hit I'll go with lead pipe. I was like, oh, fuck. He's back. God damn, just retire. See, I'm happy to hear that someone hits um, Hogan with a pipe, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is my, the rest of who I think is the most overrated, was absolutely awful, like, and gets so much praise, and I'm just like, nah, 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 does not deserve any of it. And that would be Eddie Guerrero. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm messing with you. I'll actually love Eddie. I just oh, need that to get a reaction. Oh, good. Oh, fucking no, hell. Um, that, he's like one of my top two favorites of all time. Yeah, I know. I know. That's why I said it. Oh, god damn. <laughs> oh, I think I just made up. Oh, I was literally just about to hang up. And a little bit of anger. Oh, god damn. <laughs> no, um, I'll actually say Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Warrior can just get fucked. Like he was a racist piece of shit. He was a big not just racist. Piece of he shit. was also like a sexist, bigoted. That's what I mean by bigoted. He was. A he was fascist. just a piece of shit, and he wasn't good in the ring. Like he was. He nah. He was shit in the ring. He wasn't even like anywhere had, near. The closest thing he had was a good for, as a wrestler was a good look, but he was all ego. He was an absolute dick, and the fact yeah. that the Warrior Award exists. Yeah. Pisses me off. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. It, it should be the Titus O'Neil Award. If you look at the things Titus has actually done yeah, exactly. in Titus the general a... community, fuck me. That guy's a saint. Yeah. Make it about Titus or someone who actually did something positive for everyone. Like, Or even, even John Cena getting that prop because he's done the most make-a-wish things of anyone. Yeah, of any celebrity, not just in wrestling, out of everyone in the Yeah, exactly. Realm. Make it about John Cena, anyone who's actually done something for a community rather than just create division and just treat others as less than him. Like and he can... this is going to sound really callous, but the only reason... I don't even know if I should say this, but the only reason the Warrior Award exists is because, unfortunately... And I'm going to say, unfortunately, because his family are still alive, is the warrior passed away four days after he got inducted. It's the only reason. But yeah, like, just because it's four days after he gets inducted, does that mean he should have an award dedicated to him? Oh, no, I mean, I'm not saying that it should be dedicated to him. I'm saying that's the only reason he exists. Yeah, and I'm agreeing with you and saying that it shouldn't be that's enough. Like, I mean... 
a heap of wrestlers die every year. I mean, there's so many that should be able to get an award, like get any kind of award. Like, like there's so many more deserving to yeah. be representing this award. Like Bam Bam Bigelow, for example, he ran into a house fire to save people. You sure that was Bam Bam? Yeah, Bam Bam Bigelow ran into a house fire to save people. Okay. I'm going to double check it because now you're making me doubt myself. I know Damn Chris anxiety. Masters did that. Yeah. Um, but he's still alive. Check. Yeah, he saved three children from a burning home. Jesus he spent two Christ. Months, he suffered burns to 40% of his body and spent two months in the hospital recovering. Fucking hell. And he's still not even in the Hall of Fame. He's not even in the discussion. The man headlined a fucking WrestleMania. Yeah, like it's... WrestleMania 11 was headlined by him and Lawrence Taylor. Yeah, LT, yeah. Um, but yeah, like, like that's someone you could do an award about because it's someone who actually did something, like, because it's about the charity sort of thing for the, like, the charity and the heroes of our community. The man's a hero and hasn't been given anywhere near the amount of credit. Plus, yeah. he is in one of the few good Damon Wayne's movies. Oh, like I know he's in Mad Bane, but yeah, like, he's one of the few few good Damon Wayans movies. I mean, he did some pretty a... good ones. Yeah, there is a few good ones, and then there is a lot of crap. Yeah, are you confusing him with Marlon? No, no, no. Sure? I'm not confusing him for the rest of the Wayans. Don't get me wrong; I love Damon Wayans. Bulletproof, love it. Um, yeah. Last Boy Scout, love it. Um, yeah. Major Pain, love it. Yeah, but. Outside of them, there's none other that I can think of right now that I would put... Beverly Hills Cop 2? He's a brief cameo. Yeah, I'm talking he's where, he's in a, where he's in a starring role. <laughs> Smart ass. Yeah, but like, what else is there? He did My Life and Kids for like six years. And yeah. He hasn't been in a movie it was since. A, it was a very average sitcom in a time of very average sitcoms. It was a... Yeah, it was, it, I'm re-watching it now. And I'm realizing how many mistakes it made now. I fucked up some of the views are in it. Hmm. Uh, that's, it's so homophobic and sexist, that show. Absolutely. But, and that's and what... like, they showed the edge of the set. They showed cameras. The boom mic always falls into view. It's so sloppy the way hmm. it was made. But yeah, tangent. Oh, what but yeah, the ultimate warrior is shit. Oh, yeah. And I wholeheartedly agree. I yeah, didn't and... even think he was a... Uh, I, I don't have him on my list because I don't even consider him to be a popular <laughs> wrestler. Uh, well, he's just as much a wrestler as the great Carly, unfortunately. Yeah, true. Difference is, Carly hasn't proven himself to be a massive piece of shit. <laughs> uh, just in the ring and on the mic. Uh, this one might... Might cop for a bit of flag. I've already told my number one and right at the start is Bret Hart. But at the moment, one of the ones that I think he's uber over, he's uber popular, he's the current star, he's one of the biggest names in wrestling, is John Moxley slash Dean Ambrose. Really? Okay, that's a Fucking big one. Like, can't I... stand him. Really? See, I love Moxley. I... Like, he plays into the I've liked some element. of the things that Moxley has done. I hated everything that Dean Ambrose ever did. Even the Shield? 
Yep. I wasn't a fan of the shield, dude. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um no, I love the shield. Like I'll actually say that was like I love I I quite like John Moxley Dean Ambrose. Um but no, like like you just he just hasn't clicked with you or what's the go there? I just find him boring as fuck. Like sure he he in AEW he got thrown into barbed wire or thumbtacks through uh, glass coffee tables, all that stuff. That's cool to watch, but, like, I watched that happen in the 90s when I was watching ECW. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, it's... He's the done death match isn't anything original. new. Um, he does nothing original. He's hey, he had the house plant. Fuck. Yeah, but that was Chris Jericho's idea. Was it? Oh... Uh, Jericho, you make everything better. But Mitch was neither of their ideas. Well, who the was it? introduction of the house plant was Jericho's because his entire highlight reel set was pretty much destroyed over the years. But the name Mitch came from the WWE.com article, and Chris Jericho was like, fuck, now I'm stuck with the house plant. See, I actually really like Ambrose and, like, um, I liked how Ambrose was at first. I don't like how he became, like, oh, he just does wacky things. And it's like, yeah. no, we want him to be a proper lunatic. We want a Brian Pillman-style character. Um, See, if it was that, maybe I could have gone into him, but I never could. He never connected with me. He didn't politic backstage, but I... I saw one of his matches in like 2013, so I literally saw all of his WWE matches because mm. he never did anything new except for the thumbtack spot in uh, the Ambrose Asylum. Yeah. And but I've seen hundreds of guys go through thumbtacks, so I yeah. didn't really need to see it again. Um, I in, do think that in the AEW, um, versus... I've seen. Oh, sorry. In AEW, I've seen his version of death matches, his version of normal matches, so I've literally seen everything John Moxley has so far. And he's Have you seen his CZW stuff? Like, some of them. I've seen I've seen his one match against uh, Nick Gage, where he got the, uh, the fucking pizza cutter shoved into his mouth. That's different. <laughs> yeah, but that was Nick Gage. That I don't know, Moxley did some crazy-ass shit in CZW, but... He CZW. did. He did, but, like, for me, like, his promo styles are boring as fuck. He tries to be that intense character from the 80s and 70s, and he's even said that before in interviews. He tries to do that and make it more personal, but he doesn't every single fucking promo. Hmm. See, um... I wish he had have tapped more into the loose cannon sort of thing. Like when he was with the shield and he was almost like when they were the hounds, he was like the rabid dog. Yeah. And I thought that was a really cool character they could have gone with. And I think for him, a big thing for him was his make or I think his make or break moment was his match with Brock Lesnar <laughs> and Lesnar not coming to the table with that was just like, Oh, that's that killed a lot of momentum for him for me, but I always had yeah. hope. Why? I just never connected with... Like, when I watched The Shield, I saw Rollins being... Like, he ended up becoming the next big thing. 
so Roman eventually, and he is now, but eventually becoming this ass-kicking Samoan. Mm. Family powerhouse. Yeah, and I, well, not so much family, I didn't predict that part of it, but I always thought he would be, I thought Joanne and Wahi would be the ass-kicking Samoan, not the rock light that can't wrestle, even though he can wrestle, but they wouldn't let him kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. But, like, yeah. But they, with Dean Ambrose, I just saw him as the guy that had more potential than they'll let him show. Then when they let him show it, it didn't really come out. I think it's just because he was like, when he was in WWE, his character got so diluted and we saw what could have been, and now that he's actually doing a character he wants to be, and he probably wants to distance himself so much from the WWE character, he's not going to go to what everyone had that expectation of him. So no matter what he does, people are going to like people who like us who look at it a bit more. Um, uh, what's it called? Um, not figuratively, not uh, yeah, cynically to a degree. But I was going to say objectively more than anything. Yeah. Um, see what could have been, and we're kind of disappointed that he hasn't hit that yet. Yeah. Like, I so, don't want him to be the ultra-violent, because we've had ultra-violent. We've only had a few, like, real loose cannon characters, and he played that well at first. And Okay, so i got to talk about my last um wrestler that I think was one that I don't like that was big. Um... I'm gonna have to say, I'm gonna have to say Bradshaw. Yeah, but that's easy. He's a cunt. Oh yeah, even outside of the personal sort of stuff. Like I didn't mind him when he was a lackey, like the APA sort of thing. But yeah. how many chances was the man given that could have gone to better up and comers and younger up and comers? His chairman of the board character was an amusing heel that just played into racist Texan stereotypes. The wrestling uh, god thing. Yeah, and then like he had a pretty decent amount of time on um, commentary and then left for ages, then came back on commentary and was absolutely shit. Um, then returned. And then, sorry? Then he returned to in-ring action. Oh, I was talking about when he, the more recent commentary stuff, but when did he oh, return yeah. to in-ring? When he... Uh... After his first stint on commentary, he when Chris Jericho returned, he left. He jumped over the commentary table and gave Chris Jericho a close eye from hell. Then he returned mm. for about a year. Then he retired at WrestleMania against Rey Mysterio in about thirty seconds. Yeah, and like, like don't get me wrong, his clothesline from hell was beautiful, but that's also down to the person selling it. Yeah. The person selling it better, made it look like a million bucks. It was there are better lariats, clotheslines, whatever you want to call them, out mm. there. Look at he, uh, Hangman Adam Page. That buckshot lariat is oh, chef's kiss, beautiful. Um, even um, who was was it? Eric the Red. So um, Eric Rowan had a great discus lariat. Yeah, and so did um, Brody Lee. Rest in peace. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, Stan like Hansen. Was... Stan Hansen had such a yeah. good one. It literally popped Vader's eye out. 
Yeah, but in Japan, if you if you're wrestling Vader, you can't go soft because he will just hit you harder. Oh, the problem was Stan Hansen was blind. Like yeah, yeah, he couldn't blind. see properly. And, he couldn't yeah. see properly. So if he didn't hit you, he didn't know if he was doing it. So he would actually hit you, which is why no one ever wanted to wrestle Hansen. Yeah, he, well, that's effectively an unsafe worker. But anyway, yeah. yeah, like, and then JBL's treatment of like other people backstage. Um, yeah, he's just an absolute dick of a human. And... When the story came out that Joey Styles knocked him the fuck out, I got the biggest grin on my face. Mm. It happened like 12, 13 years ago. And oh, God, it was so good. Like, he wasn't <laughs> terrible on a promo. I'll give him that prop there. But generally, like, if he was in a tag team, he was in with another, with a better person. Like, say, when he was with Farouk, Farouk was the much better worker. Yeah. Ron um, Simmons is one of the most over underrated people of all time. Like, mm. he was so um, When he was in the Blackjacks? Who was he in the... Who was Blackjack Mulligan again? No, no, no. Uh, Ron Simmons is Farouk's real name. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I'm still talking about JBL. Oh, Blackjacks, he was with uh, Barry Windham. Yeah, so the Windhams have Former always... world champion. Yeah, exactly. And, like, um, the Windhams have always been good. Yeah. Like a good family for as good hands in the ring. Um, and yeah, like, and even when he was the um, Texan billionaire character, like he generally had other people to work with really well. Like he had his cabinet or the other wrestlers he was with were the ones that did made things look good because they made him look really good. Like his program with Shawn Michaels. And, mate, and he would look good because Shawn Michaels was one of the best. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Michaels was a dick in his earlier years, but he did recover from that. Yeah. Um. Like, yeah, just JBL can just fuck the fuck off. Um. And yeah, just I I rarely hear a good word about him from other wrestlers. Yeah. Um. Don't get me wrong, a lot of people said the exact same thing about Shawn Michaels, but um, yeah. in later years, and his stuff in NXT has been solid. And, like, at least yeah. if you're going to be a dick, like, there's a difference between being a dick backstage and being a bit of a bully to being, like, the dick backstage, like your Dynamite Kids, um, where they're actually being harmful. Yeah. Um, but Shawn Michaels at least could back it up in the ring with very entertaining stuff and is trying to make am- as and has actively tried to make amends for that, for yeah. what he was like. Um, but yeah, JBL just doesn't seem like he actually cares of the people he's hurt along the way. Exactly. He's, yeah, a dick. And he slowed down in his older age, not only because he's no longer in the locker room, but because he doesn't have people like Chris Benoit back him up. Yeah, or the or Crash Holly or Hardcore Holly. Yeah. Or even exactly. Farouk, because Farouk's not in the locker room anymore. Like, Yeah. Although, from all reports, Farouk was a very nice guy backstage. Mm. Apparently he was very nice, but he that... also was very respectful. But yeah. Yeah. At least I'm going to say that because the man scares me. <laughs> well, um, I don't know, think um, Farouk knows where you live. You're okay. Hey, Farouk, come and get me, buddy. You don't know where I live, fuckhead. <laughs> no, Farouk's lovely. 
Yeah, like, he is. And an entertaining person. But um, JBL, on the other hand, is a fuckhead. Yeah. And I will give yeah. you my address because you're a fuckhead. Just be, sh- just remember, with the amount of bullying that JBL's done, he probably would punch a man in a wheelchair. Oh, yeah, I got no doubt in that. But then it has to deal with everyone I fucking well know. He <laughs> <laughs> could literally kick the shit out of that cunt. Sorry, I'm dropping the C-bomb like crazy, but we are yeah, talking yeah. about dicks. Yeah, um, we are talking about people who are actively a cunt. I mean, <laughs> people who like threaten their wife with a gun, people who just bully everyone backstage to the degree that they just they quit and don't feel like they've got anywhere to turn to and don't show any remorse. That's the big and, issue. And people who do fascist, racist rants on the internet like Hulk Hogan or the Ultimate Warrior. Mm. But, uh, yeah, that... Like, because for the listeners out there, because I don't think I've actually said this on air, one of the general rules of the Before It Was Called podcast is the C-bomb should be used sparingly. Like, obviously, I fucking allow fucking swearing, for fuck's sake. Watch your uh, fucking mouth. (laughs) Sorry, this uh, just makes me think of the um, DX promo where they're talking about swearing. (laughs) The USA Network sent them the letter, so they're like, we'll make fun of this. Mm. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I allow swearing, and now that Jay's a co-host, we allow swearing, we just tell everybody to use the C-bomb sparingly. Yeah. So, you know for a fact that it, uh, when it's dropped, it means a bit. Yeah, so it doesn't lose its impact for one. Yeah. But JBL, you got the official Cunt of the Week award. Mm. I'd give it to some of the others over JBL, but that's just me. Um, you can give um, it that. That's your kind of the week. Yeah, I won't give it to a dead guy because that's just like no fun because they won't react. But I, have a I don't think JBL's JBL. going to react. <laughs> oh, he might. He has mm. a short temper and a little penis from all the steroids. Surprised it even exists. I think he's got an innie. <laughs> Oh, oh, fuck, I hope he hears this. <laughs> could be amusing. Yeah, it could be. Um, Even just starting a random fight with two disabled dudes from Australia. Oh, one, thing I will, one thing I will also say before we finish this, um, I am not putting down the effort that wrestlers put in. I don't think either of us will. We have nothing but respect for the craft oh, of the wrestler. The amount that they put their bodies through, the amount of time on the road, the amount of work that they do, nothing but respect there. Yeah, it's um more just the pe- people's opinions of certain wrestlers and just our opinion saying like yeah we don't think they're deserving of that much praise. Well, I don't like wrestlers like Joe Ryan or Orange Cassidy uh, because I don't like those kinds of uh, don't give a fuck kind of characters or the dick flip making a mockery kind of characters, but. Uh, I respect the hell out of him because I saw Orange Cassidy with his hands in his pockets do a top rope uh, jump to the outside of the ring. Do you know how fucking hard it is not to try and break your landing when you do that? <laughs> how dangerous it is to do that? Yeah. And I'm so- seeing Joy Ryan doing moonsaults off the top rope. So I respect the living fuck out of them. And I met Joy Ryan and he's one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Except for all, you know, the sexual assault claims. Yeah. 
Well, he didn't touch me. Kind of. Well, I, I'm hoping he didn't, considering, like, <laughs> it's really hard to do a dick flip when the person's in a wheelchair. Oh, my dick would make him flip. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm anyway, put that um, on shirt. <laughs> I think we're probably going to have to wrap this up, Tom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but um, before we do, I'm actually going to say a quick apology to you. Um, what did I do this where time? I, oh, no, I'm the one apologizing. Oh, yeah, because, what did you do this time? Oh, no, it's just um, last time when we were talking Batman, how I thought you said um, it was a mix-up of names where I thought you said Christian when you hadn't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I will apologize for that. I um, took the piss out of Tom hard for that, and I was the one that was in the wrong. So um, being the bigger man because... Being the bigger man, because I can at least stand up, um, I will stand up and apologize to you, Tom, for teasing you for that. Oh, uh, I purposely left that in as well. I was thinking about cutting that bit out, and then I thought, nah, fucking, I'm leaving it in. <laughs> Gives it a more natural feel. And also, the uh, you weren't James's best man, you were my best man. Yeah, I don't. I must have gotten your voices confused or something, man. <laughs> but no, but you outright said, out of me and Tom, who was your best man? So you were talking to Yeah, I, okay, I said it around the wrong way. I should have said, between me and James, who was your best man? And I was talking to you. Admittedly, I was drinking for that podcast. Um, yeah, that's fair enough. I'm not apologizing <laughs> for it. I will still drink during podcasts. It is a way it's to get my lips loose. Sorry? It's a rite of passage. You're supposed to Doesn't get even drunk. have to be a rite of passage. I just like drinking, and it makes me talk more shit, and it makes me more entertaining. So it works. Okay, and that kind of brings us to our conclusion. Fuck, we got sidetracked a couple of times. <laughs> oh god, I wouldn't but, be um, asked if we didn't go on tangents. Oh, exactly, and the tangents just create more natural conversation, and that's what I like. Like, yeah. It's just, um, I just feel bad bringing us back when we're having fun. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we, so if you can count the amount of tangents we had in this um, episode, we might send you something. Um, yeah. Tom can organize that. I'm just the, um, I'm just the entertaining voice. Tom's the brains behind the outfit. Um, <laughs> I'll figure out something. I'm just looking around the room like, yeah, what am I easy. gonna spare with? I'm like, fucking nothing. I've got an empty can of Red Bull over there. You can have that. No, I, maybe um, maybe it should be a, a picture frame with a picture of a um, milkshake in it so it shakes in frame. Oh, good. Yeah. It's a I classic get it. one. I get it. Yeah. Though it's what um, shakes and treads now, so maybe a picture of a um, milkshake container being trod on. Fair enough. Yeah. That's what you'll win. I will find an image or make an image and Easy. send it to you in a very, very expensive $2 frame from the reject shop. Awesome. Let's <laughs> just see if we have anyone actually listening that might um be able to answer that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But, uh, yeah, like you said, I this is episode eight. Sounds about right. Yeah, eight of the Before It Was Called podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm Tom Roberts. And I'm Jay Later. Um, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to 
Like it. Tell your friends about it. Tell your mum about it. Subscribe to the podcast. That's provided your mum likes wrestling, of course. (laughs) Or just pop culture in general, because although this episode was about wrestling, we've got episodes on everything. Mm, Well, we're trying. We're trying. We're trying. We're trying to cast a broad net. But, uh, yeah, yeah exactly. if you want to hit us up directly, go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash uh, the school podcast. If you want to hit us up on uh, email, it's uh, school at gmail.com. If you um, want to go to our uh, Patreon and back us on Patreon, all the money goes to uh, me or Jay or back into the show. And yep. stuff like that. It's uh, patreon.com before IWC. We uh, also have um, stuff coming for YouTube soon. We're not going to say what it is yet, but it's on its way. So keep an eye open for that. Yeah, just search before it was school on YouTube and we'll come up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what other links we have. We've got a Twitter coming soon. Oh, yeah, we have a Snapchat before IWC. Mm. Uh, I'll admit it is mostly going to be pictures of me pooing on the toilet. But, yeah, um, pretty much. But hey, if that's your thing, throw us money for it. <laughs> 20 bucks we, is 20 bucks. <laughs> we're working on a uh, Instagram at the moment, but well, I'm not too up on what the kids are into, so Instagram's harder for me to use. <laughs> I'm I'm not even close to LinkedIn with um, Instagram. I'm still trying to work out a way to get more people to, to, to my Bebo page. <laughs> yeah, at least I'm one step out of my MySpace. Actually, yeah, I am on MySpace. Bebo plays music. <laughs> MySpace, you used to. No, I did too. I I don't know. I only just I only just went over MySpace and went straight to Facebook. So, uh, okay, yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, so hit us up on all that stuff if you can, if you want to, and you you want to, you want to. I know where you live. You you right there listening to this shit. I know where you live. Like, you know that we're just recording this now and I'm the one listening, right? I should hope you know where I live. Actually, I don't know where you live. Oh. You moved. I've moved multiple times. I'm always moving my hand check. <laughs> no, but you used to be in... Uh, I don't want to say the address because lads just gone out on the internet. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you used to be in that house that I used to always visit you in, but then you moved with your wife, and I don't know where to. And we're I, know the si- I know the town. Fair <laughs> enough. Oh, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm Tom Roberts, this is Shaky J. And we'll catch you later. Sounds good. See you later. Bye.